back, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. I'm Nate. And I am Paul. And we are both married, but not to each other. Um, we are married to wonderful women. And though they are wonderful, and we try to be as wonderful as we can be to them, um, we have both found that from time to time, there will be a disagreement or a, yes. or a struggle or, or, or a conflict or a thing. Sometimes there's just a thing, right? Mm -hmm. I like using that word. So we've got a thing and we need to deal with this thing. Um, we've got fewer things than we did 20 years ago, for which I'm thankful. Yeah, that's good. And I've only been in it 20 years. Okay. So we definitely have fewer things than we did 20 years ago. But... Um, I hope that we're the same and that we continue on that trajectory. Mm -hmm. um, when but there we, still are things. Absolutely. Yes. There, there still are things. <coughs> Excuse me. And we, before Sarah and I got married, we, we talked a lot about how we wanted our marriage to be. And I wish we had written it all down because some of it would be really funny. Funny, <laughs> To yes. look at now. Because some of it we were just the expectations we had were never real. Mm -hmm. You know, like I expect, we might as well have expected to have a unicorn <laughs> as a pet, you know, that's not a real thing. Um, but others, others, we were, we were wise. And I think the Holy spirit led us and we, we, we prayed a lot and we asked God to help us to have the best marriage we could have, you know, and we spent a lot of time doing that. Um, we, we were part of the thing that actually ended up being to our advantage was that we were really young when we got married, I was 21 and she oh was, she was almost 20, which mm. is how I'm required to say it. That's cool though. I think that's great to get married young. It, it you know, it, it works well sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, but I was keenly aware that we were very young mm -hmm. and that we didn't know a lot. And so I very wi astoundingly wisely was really humble at the time about it. This was one wow. of my, one of my successes. So I have to, yeah. I'll pretend to brag about it. But, um, and so I was like, okay, we need a lot of help. And so we talked to other people and we read books and we, we tried to shore up the fact that we were really young so good that we could you. still start off and, and have a good marriage. I was 31. I was old. Yeah. You're an old dude, man. Yeah. Um, which is in, by today's standards, average if not a tiny bit young um we were children by, by today's yes. standards but so one of the things that we had decided is that we had decided that we were going to set up rules for how we argued that we so we made a commitment to each other that's pretty mature for a 21 year old well again because i was wisely humble and knew that we weren't that smart Mm -hmm. We tried to had to try to figure out how to make it work. Did anyway, somebody tell you that, or you just figured um, you were going to do it? Both, and I, I think I think the conclusions we came to are a hodgepodge of advice we got from other people, like Pastor Gary and our parents and others. We 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 sat down and interviewed a number of married couples in the church we were going to. We got a lot of great stuff from them, and it was so wonderful for us to see all the very different types of marriages. Mm. You know, and I don't just mean on the spectrum of like egalitarian to authoritarian i mean just the way they all did their marriage was different mm -hmm. and that really spoke to me that hey differences are okay because those were all good marriages that's why we picked them 
they were all very honest about the struggles they had, and it was it was really really enlightening. What a great thing to do! Yeah, you should highlight that for a moment. That's a wonderful thing. And and this is why I say it was to our advantage that we were young because I realized we needed that, and so I did it. Had we been thirty, thirty one, mm-hmm. old old people like you, um, I might not have done that. No, because I would have been like, oh no, we're ready, we're fine. Yeah, I was like, I ain't ready. Mm-hmm. I. I I'm a kid still, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I was keenly aware of my needs, so I tried to make up for my need. But anyway, so one of the rules we had was for how we were going to argue. And what we, we pledged to each other that no matter how upset we were, that A, we wouldn't let the sun go down on our anger. We took that verse very seriously wow. and literally. Wow that we would not go to bed if we still felt angry towards the other person. That, and we quickly, after we were married, revised that to be, we don't have to have it figured out yet. But we do have to no longer be angry. Because originally we are like, we're going to get this solved before bed, babe. Yeah. And, and that was a great goal, but like that's just not realistic sometimes because you see things differently. This is going to take a long, it might take a week to sure. talk these things through. But we did make the, the pledge that we won't let the sun go down when we're still angry at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we made a, a promise to that, and we have kept to that. Um, the only times that we haven't kept to that is when, I can't speak for her, but for myself, I have sometimes been upset at her for something that I haven't spoken about yet that's just in my mind mm-hmm. and I will hold on to that which that's my own fault you know but sure. that's not an that's not a disagreement because she doesn't know it's it exists and most of the time it was all me anyway yeah I might be angry at her but that's not her fault it's because of I haven't got up on the cross or whatever it is right um so we've stuck to that and that has been really helpful and the other the other promise we made was that we would never say anything to intentionally hurt the other person. Because mm. we had both seen that in different people where in the heat of anger or in the heat of feeling hurt, they would say something to the other person that was intended to cut them. This is brilliant, the, these are really important, those two things that you just said. Was, is there any more? There... Those were the two main ones. Those um, are great ones. We added another one later. <laughs> but those were the two main ones, that we would never say something in, the, in anger. That we would con- self, it's self-control, right? Because it's human nature when you're fighting to want to hurt the other person. And I had one relationship in my life, not my parents or anything, but uh, someone very close to me who, when there was a conflict, they would strike out personally. Mm. Because they felt personally attacked. If there were, even if it was a conflict about baseball players or something totally outside of their, it wasn't personal, they would still attack personally. Mm-hmm. And I had been hurt by that many times. And I hated that, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, and I had tried to resolve it and it couldn't, didn't get resolved. But, um, and, so I, and we had seen it in other people too. And we'd seen it a lot on TV. I, I'm a, I'm a, I study, I'm a, I'm a student. And so even when I'm watching TV or a movie, and I'm seeing relationships. I'm studying what they're doing and why they're doing it. And that's why I don't like when characters are inconsistent and things like that. But on, on those kind of shows, you often see people in anger or hurt or whatever, lash out at the other person and say something fierce or mean or cutting. And it just, it's not called for. And that 
argument that they were having, that might get resolved tomorrow and be all forgiven. But the thing that she said or the thing that he said, that might not get forgiven for a long time. That wound will be much deeper than the argument. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, we can't ever do this. And it's only happened once in 20 years. That is fantastic. That we did. Nate, that is so wonderful. <coughs> I haven't heard that before. That would save a lot of people a lot of wounds if they were able to pull that one off. Well, it it turns a difficult situation into a horrible situation. Mm-hmm. You're arguing about something. Maybe it's silly or maybe it's not. Maybe it's important. But either way, if you you that's not an excuse to lash out it's not and it's not okay to do that people say well i was mad okay if you shoot someone when you're mad you're still going to jail i mean that's being mad is not an excuse it's never been an excuse and so we were like we're not going to do that and it's only happened once um and so those were our two rules the third rule uh don't lash out in anger and say something you're going to regret okay and the other one is Um, Don't let the sun go down in your anger. And later we added in, love hopes all things, believes all things, keeps no record of wrongs. Assume, the, uh, or rather, the way we word, I worded it was, don't assume the other person is um, being spiteful or doing whatever it is intentionally. Don't assume that. Because that, that, this is how I got myself in trouble, especially early on in our marriage. I would assume she was doing this, that I, something I took as being in, inconsiderate. And I would assume that she was doing that intentionally to be inconsiderate. And a lot of inconsiderate things eventually mount up to mean things in your mind. And it, she, that intent wasn't there. I was putting intent somewhere that there was no intent. So I was getting bent out of shape and it was all in my head. Mm-hmm. And so then I added this rule that we have to love believes all things. We assume the other person has all the best intentions in mind and that what is happening is just a misunderstanding, that they don't understand what they're doing is hurting you or that they're not intending it. Now, that's obviously not always the case. Sometimes I am doing something intentional. I'm just being a jerk. But she doesn't assume I'm being a jerk. She assumes I'm clueless that what I'm doing is affecting her. Which is, which is wonderful because then before you even enter into that conflict resolution, there's already grace there. Mm-hmm. So you start the argument, quote unquote, by saying, I know you didn't mean it this way. Mm-hmm. But when you said this, it made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we started assuming that the other person didn't mean it. And then sometimes it's, yeah. I'm sorry, I kind of did mean it that way. Mm. And that was horrible. Mm-hmm. It might take a little while to get to that realization. Um, but we still assume. Next time, once it's forgiven and done, next time we still assume mm-hmm. that the other person has every good intention. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is when you jump in, and I found this by doing this so many times. <laughs> I did this multiple times, okay? Especially in the early years of our marriage. I would jump in and not jump down her throat, but I'd start the conversation with, so I don't like how you do this. What? This, you, you need to stop doing this. This is not good for our marriage. What are you talking about? She didn't even realize what she was doing, and she certainly had no ill intent. I assumed ill intent. I assumed that she understood what she was doing and that she was doing it anyway, and, and, and that was all wrong. And, so, and after making the same mistake about eight or nine or 30 times... <laughs> 
I realized that I was not following the love chapter we read at our wedding. Wow. Right? That wow. we all read at all of our weddings. Sure. And so, so those three rules are something we've tried really hard to live by. And we usually do now. Anyway, um, it helps. We find that it really helps. And it's brilliant. I would write that down. I would preach it. I would teach it. I would encourage others. I'd counsel with it. I love it. So that, we, do, we didn't have those. We don't have those. Wish we would have. So, so I am curious. How do you guys approach conflict? Um, I don't like to say fight. I mean, all marriages, you have disagreements. And sometimes those disagreements become arguments. And hopefully they don't become what I would call fights. But um, there's conflict, right? Mm-hmm. There's disagreement. And sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's not a misunderstanding. But sometimes it is. Um, and I, I found in, in, my, in my travels that if people, if, if a married couple does that poorly, it is catastrophic. Absolutely catastrophic because it can start out with something as simple as a disagreement over how much to spend on a kid's pair of shoes. I'm just picking a real life example that's in and of itself very benign, but one parent might feel very strongly that no, this is important. It's worth paying money for a good pair of shoes. And the other one says, no, if you pay any more than six bucks at Walmart, you're a moron. And, and if you don't handle something benign in a wise and self-controlled and loving way that silly argument can turn into something really horrible that then doesn't quite get resolved by the time the next one comes up and that doesn't get resolved by the time the next one comes up and it snowballs and that's when you have what i've seen way too many times which is people who at church are good happy christians and appear to have a great marriage and behind closed doors they are at each other's throats Mm-hmm. And it's horrible. Yeah, um, and it makes me sad. That's very sad. And it surprises very me. Sad. Even now, I will admit, very little surprises me in the in the counseling chamber anymore. Mm-hmm. I've I've been around the block enough. I've heard virtually everything there is. Um, but this one still surprises me sometimes. When you see it, you know they're a godly couple, and yet you either see it accidentally, hear it accidentally, someone else tells you it, whatever it is. And you're like, oh, those people really now, first, don't don't feel condemned here. If you're listening, you're like, well, we argue sometimes everybody has disagreements. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's that's not the issue. And sometimes we aren't self-controlled when we have those times and it happens. There's forgiveness for that. But um, I would love all of us, us on this couch, (laughs) us in this basement, uh, everyone listening to just wake up to the idea that the better we handle those conflicts and those discussions, those arguments, whatever you want to call them, um, the better our lives are going to be Yeah, by a lot. Well, let me tell you that we have not thought that through like you have. We have not thought it through and said, this is what we will do. This is what we won't do. However, there are some things that we have done, and I'll tell you what those are. But first, I'll tell you about a crazy fight that we had, and we were at 608 South Weymouth Avenue in San Pedro at our home in the kitchen over the sink, and Karen did what Karen does. She raised her voice, and I didn't. 
I, I, I didn't experience that growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents never did. And so I never did. And as I was kind of, I, I would back off. So she was, her voice was getting a little stronger. I was backing off. Her voice was getting a little stronger. I was backing off more. And then at some point, I opened my mouth and I yelled at her. Mm. And it was so out of character that we both started to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) That ended the fight just like that because we thought, this is hilarious. Paul just raised his voice. And it was so different that uh, that ended it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you even remember what you were fighting about? No. Oh, no. No. Uh, It was probably a piddly thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how we can let those piddly things. Oh, the piddly get things. At us. Oh, yeah. And what I've learned is that often that's because those piddly things accumulate, and we don't deal with the conflict because we don't like conflict. So we pretend there is no conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not the same as getting up on your cross. It's ignoring. Yeah. It's it's not healthy. Or there's something else wrong, mm-hmm. and it's the quote unquote straw that broke the camel's back. Is plus you never dry the dishes. What? Yeah, yeah, plus. <laughs> I, I literally have a towel in my hand. I, I, I don't know what, what? Um, and, and obviously, you know, there's different personality types. Um, some people deal with things immediately. Mm-hmm. And if something happens, they want to talk about it right now and get it out of the way. Others are slow boilers mm-hmm. that nothing seems to affect them. And then after three weeks, they explode yeah. because the dishes weren't dried or something silly. And it has nothing to do with the dishes. You know, it's, it's all this other stuff. Um, and so which are you, listener? <laughs> are you the deal with it right away? Are you the ignore it and tuck it away type? Are you a slow boiler? We're all different. And we, it's, a, it's good to know who you are and how you respond mm-hmm. because they all have pitfalls. I really like your rules for how to have a good discussion, a good fight. We didn't. We don't. But I'll tell you what we do have. One of the things is that we are sitting there in the front row at the Holy Spirit Conference, and Frangipane mm-hmm. is talking about how to live above a fence. Yeah. And I look over at Karen. She looks over at me, and I said, let's give it a try. And we smiled, figuring, piece of cake. Again, you know. We're gonna, this is going to be easy. We're going to live above a fence. We just won't let things get to us. And I saw, after making that kind of commitment, how hard it is to live above a fence. I'm easily offended. I'm touchy. I'm mm-hmm. personal. I have my opinions. I have my expectations. And so I had a lot of work to do to overcome living above a fence And after a long time, too long, I said to Karen, and I think she agrees, just so you know, it's going to be really hard for you to offend me because Mm -hmm. I came to that place. So that makes it easier for us to to resolve conflicts than it used to. That is one of the the best ways i think mm-hmm. and i think i i think that's a good one to add to the to the list is learning to live above a fence and i know that you now do that 
in your life in general, not just in your marriage. Mm -hmm. But that has translated to your life in general, that you live above a fence and people just can't offend you. And it's very frustrating. (laughs) Um, Well, Eric, I think it was Eric who said to me, we were working at Lutheran Mule together. And uh, I love Eric. And mm -hmm. he said, just so you know, Paul, it's going to be hard to offend me. And with a guy like that, you don't, you're not tiptoeing around, mm-hmm. afraid you're going to hurt him yeah. because he's going to take something personally. Well, he takes everything personally, but in a positive way. Yeah. And it's easy to be with him and it's easy to have fun with him and easy to speak harsh, hard, not harsh, hard, hard, straight on words. And, yeah. have, and it's hard, easy to disagree. Yes. Yes. Which you can. Wh- what a great person to work with. Yes. What a great what a great way to be in life in general. We're talking about marriage context here, but th- this learning to live above a fence is applicable to everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just awesome. So I agree. I when I was younger, I read a book called The Bait of Satan mm-hmm. by John Bevere. I didn't read it, but I've sure heard yeah. uh, about it from a lot that, of people. If I were going to list the five most life affecting books outside of the Bible, that would be on the list of the top five. Mm -hmm. Because I read it and the Holy Spirit brought it to me at the right time and I was in the perfect place and I was not obeying it. Like I was not living above a fence, right? Mm -hmm. And it just, it was was the rhema word of God to me and I have never not done it since. I've always tried hard. I haven't always succeeded, Mm -hmm. but I have tried um, to not be offended. And it's, it's, it's life changing. Yeah. It really is. And I think it goes along, it goes hand in hand with forgiveness. And the other um, the other thing that Pastor Gary told us before we got married is, he's like, you two are both alphas, um, so you're pretty competitive. And we laughed, because we are. Like, for example, we can't play head-to-head competitive games against each other. <laughs> we can't play chess. We can't play risk. We can't play any sort of competitive game. In a group, we can if there's a group, but if it's just the two of us against each other, we have, we have found that we can't. And every, every couple of years we're like, that's silly. We're mature enough now that we can do it. And we try it and no, we cannot. It is, it is not, that's funny. it is not good for wow. marriage because we both want to win Yeah, and we will accept nothing less. But if we do, we can't fully enjoy our victory because the other person's super upset. And if we lose, we're just super upset. So it, it just doesn't work, right? Wow. Which is maybe that's sad. I don't know. But it is who we are. So we just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, because I like to avoid pain when I can do it. Um, but one of the things Gary said is because you're so competitive, here's what I want you to do. I want you to compete over who can be the first to say I'm sorry. Ooh, good advice, Gary. I know, right? Gary's really hitting home runs. Wow. This, this, uh, this series we got here. But um, we'll have to tell him to listen. Yeah. Um, but he said... Uh, compete over who can be the first to say I'm sorry. And I have said that to every married couple that I can find, every counseling, every marriage, um, wedding sermon um, that I've done, because it's, it's fantastic. Try to be the first to say I'm sorry. And it, it took us a while to really get the truth of that and to get mature enough that we actually could do it and see, see the value in it. Um, But now we, we really do. And we really do sort of compete a little bit. to try to be the first and so i try to say i'm sorry as quickly as possible even if it's something that i didn't intend to do um and i think i shared in church a couple weeks ago like i was in the store and i was like hey do you need anything else 
And then I didn't feel it buzz or whatever, so I didn't check it again. Well, had I checked it, I would have seen that, yes, there were two other things that I, should, that I could have bought. And I got home, and she's like, oh, where's the whatever? And I'm like, what? And she's like, oh, uh, you said, do I need anything else? And I texted you. And my first instinct was to say, oh, well, I didn't check. I'm sorry. I mean, I was on my way out. It's not my fault. Right? Yes. First instinct, put up my dukes, defend myself. I shouldn't be getting in trouble because I don't like getting in trouble, right? So my first instinct was to defend myself. And then I caught myself like mid-sentence. And I'm like, way to go. That's dumb and not right. And I just said, I'm sorry. I should have checked it, and I didn't. And then her response, so that I, I felt like that was a win, right? I felt yeah. like I did a good job. And then she was even better because she said, oh, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. Wow. So she was acknowledging that I didn't have to defend myself. It, wasn't, it was a mistake. It wasn't a fault. Mm. You know, there's a difference. Um, I'm smiling inside because I've done those things exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit lately. Yep. We've we've had we've had some some disagreements <laughs> with Paul shopping. Yes. Yeah. Shopping. I, there's been quite All a few these, in our marriage yeah. involving shopping as well. Um, getting the wrong thing. This is exactly what you said. It is not what I said. See, nowadays with nice phones, you can take a picture. Buy me that. <laughs> and then I don't make as many mistakes. And so that's nice. She, uh, she has me make lists, and then she says, be sure to call me before you leave the store mm. because I'll have two more things for you to get. Mm-hmm. And I leave the store. You're a doer. On the way home. The list yes. is done. I have fulfilled all righteousness. I'm a racer. I, I, I time myself. Can I get out of here in 13 minutes instead of 16? <laughs> So that's your that's your <laughs> motivation. Yes. And that break the record. That does not jive with your wife's oh, motivation oh to get everything on the list. Oh my. Oh, nor her way of shopping. Right. When I shopped once at Trader Joe's on behalf of Karen and Naomi, I raced through, came to the front line. I was out, uh, I was uh, uh, checking it out, and he looked at me and he said. You don't shop like Naomi and Karen. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, no, I, I don't. And then they said, Naomi changes the culture of this store. And mm. I was very proud of her because she knows all the names. She takes her time. Karen takes her time. Not Paul. Yeah. <laughs> not, I don't shop that way. Yeah, see, I, I'm more like you in that respect. <laughs> I organize my list geographically. Oh, based on the grocery store because I typically only go to the stores I know well. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, the first thing I hit in Costco that I need is this, then this, then this, and that's how my list is organized. So I can just go boom, 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 boom. And then I go to a different Costco and they've arranged it stupidly. Yeah. By stupidly, I mean differently than I expect. Right. And it, I, it takes me three times as long and I'm super annoyed. And that's well, why I'll never go to a certain Costco. You and I, I got to shop together sometime. Yeah, we would be able to shop really quickly, <laughs> except we wouldn't be able to talk because talking yes. wastes time, right? No, Which is right. why they love Karen and Naomi. They love them because they talk to them. They do. Yeah. Yeah. It is hey, we're getting funny there. how different we are, how different everybody is. And if we can learn to appreciate that, I think it's better. But And that's, that's a great way to come into conflict situations mm-hmm. is to realize, hey, the other person loves you. You love them was probably a misunderstanding or just a mistake and don't assume they have some evil intent 
And that's another thing that I do now that I didn't do enough of early on. I tell her a lot. I really love being married to you. I really like our life. I thank God for you. You're wonderful. You're a great grandmother. You're a great mother. You know, I, I love being with you. I, we go out. I, you probably know this. Mm-hmm. Our kids all do it because they know that we did it mm. and do it. We, da- we have dated I, uh, yesterday I said, I'm going to figure out how many dates we've been on. Because out of 52 <laughs> in a year, we probably hit about 47. Wow. I'd say 47. That's really good. It is good. And you multiply that times 45. And <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of dates. That is a lot of dates. It's also a lot of money. Yeah. But it's worth it. Mm-hmm. The Lord, I believe, told me. You spoil her, I'll spoil you. Hmm. And cool. I feel he's done that. I feel that, and and there were times when I early on when I resented it, but I don't resent it now. Hmm. And I'm very happy for it. So, huh? I really like that. Um, let's start there next time. I I kind of want to talk about that a little more. I think that's really cool. Thank you. Hmm. You got me thinking, Paul. Okay. You you, you do that often. Um, all right, well, well, we'll come back to this next week and keep talking on marriage. God bless. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.